Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Keely Belton. She is a communications specialist and leadership coach who's worked with Fortune 500 leaders at companies such as Bank of America, Facebook, Fidelity Investments, Netflix, and the next one I'm going to mess up, sorry, productivity. <laughs> Having worked in the communications field for 20 years, Keely is passionate about helping leaders become powerful and impactful communicators who can inspire their teams with messages that are clear, concise, and compelling. Keely, welcome to the space. Hi, Hollis. Hello, hello. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I had to figure this out. I really love the technology you're using. Really cool. Well, I am so glad. I am so happy you made it. And another way for us to communicate because I love talking to you. So before we dive into a deeper discussion so people can know you more, just mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about yourself and whatever you want that to be. Absolutely. Thank you for giving me the space. I'm, as I said, I'm Kay Belton. And I'll give you a little bit of background. I'm originally from Cape Town, South Africa. I currently live in the San Francisco Bay Area and I've lived here for the last 10 years. So if you hear the accent, you know why. Um, I, you know, it's, it's, I've lived in various places in the world, but I still tend to call Cape Town home, even though I haven't lived there in the last 10 years. I started my career as a lecturer at the University of Stellenbosch, which is about an hour's drive outside of Cape Town itself. And I work with undergraduate and postgraduate students. And then I moved into a different part of the university where I moved away from teaching students. I instead facilitated workshops for corporate clients, public entities, nonprofits. And then after that, I decided to move overseas. I worked there a few years. I've lived in the UK, I've lived in the Netherlands, and now I live in the US. And when I moved to the US 10 years ago, 
when I met my husband, I decided that I needed to make this my own space. So I ended up applying for a corporate training job, which I had from 2018, I believe. And I had the pleasure of working with incredible human beings where we were facilitating workshops, coaching leaders, senior managers, executives in communication, in public speaking, in presentation skills. And when the pandemic started, things shifted within the corporate world and I felt called to start my business. And that's where my business called The Tailored Approach was born in 2020, May of that year. And I can't believe it's been exactly two years where I've had the pleasure of facilitating workshops, uh, coaching leaders, helping incredible human beings use their voices and become incredible communicators, not only telling their stories, but sharing their visions with their teams and going on to garner promotions and move up in their own careers. Hmm. Gosh, you've done so much. And Keely was in our multi-author book, Invisible No More, Stepping Into the Spotlight. So what's beautiful as you speak is when I hear all of this of what you do, which mm-hmm. is all about leading, mm. all about leading and being helping introverts. And yes. it's just such a beautiful space that you create. So we're going to dive into more of that in a minute. But two things before we jump into our would you rather, are you wearing headphones? I am not. Do you want me to, to put them on? It's just there's um, when we did our practice, it was clear. And for some reason, it's breaking up a little bit. Okay. Give me a quick second. Okay. And I will figure this out. Okay. Doesn't sound horrible, but it's like kind of crackly. Does this sound better, Holly? Sounds a little farther away, but here, let's see. Um, say your name. Hollis? Yes, that's better. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you for telling me that because obviously I can't, I can't hear feedback on my end. So thank you for making me aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You'll be much happier with this. Okay. So we're going to do our, would you rather, and then we're going to dive in and people can get to know you more. So Keely, are you ready? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Would you rather listen to an annoying laugh all day or get tickled all day? (laughs) Oh, that's a tough one. (laughs) Gosh, as an introvert, loud noises get to me. So I think I would probably suffer through being tickled than having to listen to an annoying laugh the whole day. (laughs) Wow, okay. So you hear that, everybody? It's that whole word of like, I have to suffer through it. <laughs> I, I hate being tickled. It's like such a pet peeve to me now. Like when my husband, like, he does it, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know me for so long. I hate that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's such a good point that you're making because I grew up with, with friends and family tickling each other. And it was just a fun play thing. 
And as I've gotten older and have had different conversations, and my husband and I have had this conversation, especially in light of us having a little girl, and it's really when you tickle someone against their wishes, you are basically telling them they don't have ownership over their body. When somebody says stop, when they say no thank you, that's where you honor, you actually listen listen to them and you stop doing it. It's only fun until it's not fun anymore. And then you have to quit it. Mm, there we go. I see a deeper conversation always comes out of it. <laughs> it's inevitable. <laughs> but it's true. And that's, and that's exactly, thank you for pointing that out because that is what I've said to him. I said, when someone, when I say stop, it means stop. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of like a universal. So yep. they, yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. So let's dive into the first official, official question, which is how do you define creativity? Mm. That's a good one. And one I've gotten into ever since we, we started creating our book, Invisible No More. I'd have to say for me, especially being in the communications field and being a communications specialist, I believe creativity is an ability to think outside the box, to think of new ways to communicate with your audiences. It is creativity for me now as as way I am in my life goes far beyond and being an artist, being someone who's a who's a good painter, who's a writer. Um, I, I think for me, it's it's really looking at my world and people like you, Hollis, have really helped open that up for me. You've helped really get me into that conversation where I look around my world and I realize, oh my gosh, creativity for me is about using my words and using them in such a way where they resonate with different people. So one, how I'm talking to you might be very different from how I talk to a client, might be very different from how I speak to a potential client. So it's really being able to read the room and then using your skills to figure out how do people best want to be communicated with and then going with that. That takes oh a bit of creativity as well. Oh my gosh, there's so much, I, I would call that problem solving. It's like you're constantly problem solving and you're, yeah. you're like you said, which is people do not understand the importance of this or, oh. or recognize it, that it is a, a skill of reading the room. Yes. Like you said. Mm -hmm. of reading the room there is a create i mean part of creativity is this problem solving aspect and pivoting and and creating creating something from nothing so here as you're reading the room you're seeing what's bouncing what's mm -hmm. what's, what's sitting with people yes. and when it's not you have to see okay they need something else and that's a constant it's a game yeah and and the fun thing is when you lean into it instead of fearing it because it's hard especially for introverts it's hard to go into a space where you don't necessarily know whether the message you're going to share will resonate with everybody and then what do you do in the moment if it does not resonate you have to be able to think on your feet you have to be able to pivot but the power and the enjoyment comes in that moment when people see you are pivoting in the moment and even though you don't have it perfectly 
figured out. You are there to be present with them. You are there to serve them with your message. And that's where connections happen. And that's where the magic really happens. So when, when we, when we embrace pivoting in the moment and letting our audiences lead us to where they want to go while still maintaining our key or main idea in the back of our mind, it's, it's such a fun moment. It's such an enjoyable time when you can just be present with the people in front of you. Mm, And what you just said, and I've, I've been hearing it more and more and more, and I've, I've felt it more is people do not want perfection. Yes. They don't. They don't. I mean, we as individuals and as humans are often have this perfectionist thing going on. But as an audience member, as someone who's participating in a workshop or in a space that you might go, people are looking to you as quote unquote, the expert, but they're not looking for perfection. They're looking Mm. for someone that they can connect with. Yep. That they see humanness in because if you're a God, if you are this angelic person, then they're going to be like, well, I can't measure up to her. Absolutely. And if we can't relate to people, if we look at them, we think, oh my gosh, they have no idea what I'm going through. They have no idea what my world looks like. Then we are not going to connect with them. We, we simply going to think, okay, great. They perfect. So they have this perfect message. It does not apply to me. Where if we were to be authentic in our messages as communicators, and and when we don't know the the answer, to be able to say, hey, I have no idea what the answer is. Let's have a conversation about that. Or let me think about that for a few moments and I'll circle back to that. When we are just authentic and we are human and we show that we don't have everything ready to go, we don't have all the answers, that's where people buy in. Your audience buys into the conversation and they are they become more vested in how the conversation turns out. Mm. God. So there's your answer to everything, everybody. We can just end. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It's it's everything. I see that is what you just said is is gold. It's 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 what people it's what people want. Mm-hmm. This is what form is better communication or connection, I should say, better connection. Well, before we dive in and hear a little bit more about how you got to this space, I do want to recognize because I love when I was looking on your website and talk about creative mm-hmm. when you were asking people where they are in their stage of things. And it just <laughs> made me laugh and it made it feel so approachable where it was said, ready, set, go, mm-hmm. beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> and I've got the entrepreneurial spirit. Yes. So tell us, I guess, like a little bit more from your perspective uh, on how you did it that way. And I just found it so relatable. Uh, thank you. Well, I have to say I had an incredible copywriter. I'll, I'll tell, I'll own it right here. I, as, as good as I am in communication and helping others be incredible communicators, often I get so stuck in my little box and then I need, I, I, understand that I need some help and guidance. So I worked with an incredible 
a copywriter and she, so I could, I free talked, I gave her ideas of, look, this is what I want the look and feel of my website to be. I want it to be re relatable. I want people to look at and, and see me as a regular person. And she helped me brainstorm those ideas and those little sayings. And it's really, what was important to me was meeting all my clients where they are, whether they are just starting out in their communication and leadership journey versus someone who's in the middle, they have been doing this a while, but they kind of want the next, they're wondering, okay, what's next? How do I scale my business? How do I get on the next ladder of leadership? And then, of course, someone who has been doing this a long time, they know how to do it, but they kind of thinking, oh, I've been doing this a while. I want some fresh ideas. How do I go about doing that? Hmm. Yeah, well, it's communicated really well. And again, what you were just saying and right away, giving somebody else ownership to mm -hmm. I, I guess I want to point to that fact of collaborating. We can yeah. have all these ideas, but not know how to implement absolutely and the wonderful thing when we open ourselves to collaborations when we open ourselves to networking and building connections with others we realize we don't have to do everything ourselves when we let go of perfection because often with perfection we think oh i have to do it otherwise it's not perfect but if i let go of that and i look around me and say okay who can help me with this particular problem or with this particular project that's when we we discover incredible people who have different strengths from what we do and to when we come together we collaborate we come up with even better even more incredible projects products and services so i actually want to ask because entitling this helping leaders become powerful and impactful communicators mm -hmm. so when we hear this word leader, mm -hmm. there comes like an ego thing with it, doesn't it? It's like, well, yes. <laughs> I'm a leader. I'm a leader, so I have to be powerful. Mm -hmm. So in what you just said, which yes, a thousand times agree, what are some strategies or what do you find, whatever you want to share out on that concept of being a leader and all of this of what you just said? Mm. I have to start off right out and say I have some different views of leaders. Number one, I don't believe you need the title to lead. We have amazing leaders who don't have the leadership titles, yet they get things done. They ensure they bring people together. They help others thrive. And that really, to me, is what leadership is. I believe in and this might sound a little bit like a cliche. It, it has kind of gotten that negative connotation, servant leadership. It's how do I, as the leader, serve those around me? So instead of saying, I'm the leader, all of you follow me because I know how to do things, servant leadership turns that around and says, okay, how can I serve the people around me? How can I serve my teams? How can I help them thrive? How can I help them reach the next level? The best leaders are those who mentor and serve others where they actually outgrow this leader. They, they end up either leaving for better positions or they, they become leaders themselves. And that's truly what I believe in leadership. So the strategies around that is one, 
you don't need the title to lead. So go ahead and just decide for yourself what it is that you good at, what are your skills and how do you want to apply them? And then next up in terms of strategy is really around what is my vision for my leadership? What is the legacy that I want to leave behind? Often people are promoted into leadership positions, but they don't really know what they're supposed to do. They don't really have a vision for how their leadership plays out or what they want to do. And that is the mistake we make. So sitting down, coming up with a vision, and, and the vision is not necessarily the plan. The plan is something that comes later, but understanding as a leader, how do I want to be seen or known as? For me as a leader, I want to be known as someone who will always listen. I don't have to agree with everything. I don't have to implement everything that is shared with me, but I always have the time of day for someone who wants to say, hey, Keely, can I have a conversation with you? So listening is really crucial. Asking, inviting people into the space and letting them share is very important as a leader. Wow. And what someone could perceive as weakness mm -hmm. is what you're saying is a strength. And yes. Yeah. You know, I, it's interesting you say that I had a boss when I was still working in Cape Town and he would often tell people she might look soft, but she's not a pushover because I'm always open to listening to what others have to say. But then when I have to make a decision, I will make it. And it, I'm not in a popularity contest. I will make the decision that is best for the environment, that is best for the people. And it's not going to sit well with everyone. So as a leader, it's really important to understand you are not going to be the popular one, not with everybody. If you want popularity, being a leader is not it because leaders have to make hard decisions all the time. And it's not easy to make those hard decisions, but once you make them, you have to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So much power in these words. And I really appreciated what you said too about if you're doing your job correctly as a leader, people will mm -hmm. outgrow you and move on. Absolutely. And it's not personal. It's not like, oh, you know, for whatever reason, you want them to grow. It's like having children. You yes, want them exactly. to expand. <laughs> you celebrate them. You write them incredible references and testimonials because if they've earned it, they've done the work, they have dedicated their time and skills, you want, you want to celebrate them. You want them to go on to the next best thing. Yeah. Yeah, I want to um, welcome the people that are here with us live. Thank you so much for being here. Any questions or comments, please feel free to join the conversation by putting them in the chat box where we can see them. We appreciate you being here. Um, tell me, I keep wanting to find out more about how you got to this point, but I would like to hear about this, what you also said about thriving in a seemingly extroverted world. Mm-hmm for introverts to thrive in a seemingly extroverted world. Yeah. Isn't it interesting when we look around your, your, your question around, would you rather have the loud laugh or being tickled back to that? The, right. The, 
that the our world is so filled with noise we so ex we we all expected to talk fast and connect quickly and do things where introverts want things to just slow down a little bit it's like hold on i need some time to think and reflect and make sure that i'm making a good decision not a perfect decision but a good decision mm-hmm. and when we when introverts are looking around the expectation has always been but if you want to succeed you have to be more extroverted stop being so shy stop being the wallflower and there's been this misunderstanding of what introversion is it's not shyness it's not being a wallflower when i as an introvert and a leader decide on a friday night i'm not going out and a friend calls me and says hey do you want to go out for dinner and my response is no thank you it's not that i don't want to go out it's that i planned to stay in so thriving in an extroverted world means flexing your muscles a little that means leaning into some of leaning a little bit into some of the skills that extroverts have without changing who you are so i'm not saying be an extrovert I'm saying lean into some of the extroverted skills that feel comfortable to you. So for me, I'm comfortable with going to a networking event, but I'll go to one a night. I won't go to three different events in one night. I know that's going to exhaust me as as a human being, as an introvert. So it's really deciding what is my strategy, and that's really what it boils down to with my with coaching my introverted leaders it's helping them come up with a plan that works for them they realize well as leaders and if i want to continue getting visibility i have to be out there but i get to decide how much i'm out there and how i do it so we own who we are and how we want to represent ourselves and for how long and then we come back we go back to into our caves whatever that looks like maybe it's a quiet space for you maybe it's taking a walk for somebody else maybe it's listening to your favorite music and meditating and for me it's simply putting on mindless uh television in the background and just being not thinking not not jumping onto social media but literally just being in my quiet space yes owning who we are which actually takes some time to to know who we are (laughs) we actually have to take time to realize because as you said this whole extroverted there is so much noise and this pressure of well just be out there more and just Mm -hmm. do this more and like it's a simple thing but not for everybody absolutely (laughs) so in knowing yourself and actually taking this time to recognize how you function best, um, Mm. what your, you know, things that light you up, things that totally stress you out. Is everything going to make you happy all the time? No. No. Are there things you're going to have to do that you don't want to do? Yes. But like you said, own who you are and create the strategy. Love that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have a client who I've been coaching for a while and she, in the beginning, when we started coaching, she had a tough time understanding that she is so good at her job, but she hasn't been, she's been passed over for a couple of promotions. So we had a conversation around that. And I said, well, 
what's holding you back from going to your leadership and saying, hey, this is what I've done over the last two years. The, these are my successes. This is what my team has done with my leadership. And this is what I want. So just putting a claim in it and saying, I want this. And she had a tough time with that. She said, well, I work so hard. I do so much. They should be able to see what I'm doing. They should be they should be able to see that I'm giving more than is expected. I work nights and weekends to get projects off the ground to make sure they succeed. And I said, well, what are your boundaries? Hmm. And so we've been working on that one, helping her create boundaries in terms of, well, where does she how much time does she want to spend working? How much time does she want to spend in her personal life? And then secondly, getting better at having those tough conversations, because it's not easy for an introvert to say, hey, I'm here, see me, I've done all this. That visibility is really hard and it ha it, it's taken us some time, but she's been leaning into it. She's having conversations with her boss and it, it's get, it gets easier every single time she has it. As you're saying this again and again, I'm thinking what I've learned so much about um, speaking with more people and just this topic of invisibility mm -hmm. uh, between you and another contributor talking about introversion and shyness and the difference. I never saw them as different things. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand that differentiation. So in this great example that you just shared, um, and I know you've talked about introvert, what an introvert is. Mm -hmm is in a sense but is there what would your if you were going to give introversion an introverted definition how would you define it introverts experience their world differently so basically the, the big difference between introverts and extroverts it's how we spend our energy and how we get energy for introverts we spend energy when we are with other people especially when it's a lot of people or people we don't know, even if it's one to two people, we we lose energy and how we can recharge our batteries is by is with solitude is reading, writing, whatever you do to kind of just come back to yourself. That's how we recharge. Where extroverts typically they get energy by being with others. They they thrive in being lots of with lots of people and having lots of conversations. So it's the big difference is really about energy, how you spend it and how you get it. Love that simplicity of that answer and it's so deep. So I want the listeners to understand this, I think it's a very important conversation and a very important topic, and it can help you, if not understand yourself better, understand yeah. others better. Yep. And I mean, the simple thing is, if you don't know whether you are an introvert, an extrovert, or an ambivert, and ambiverts really have the best of both worlds, they have extroverted tendencies, they are comfortable being with lots of people, having big conversations, connect easily with others they might not even know, but they still need the solitude to recharge their batteries. When you are in that position, lucky you, I envy you as an introvert, but I love being an introvert. I love who I am and I've I've done so more as I've grown up. I think when I was when I was young, when I was a teenager, I thought there was something wrong with me. 
I thought, why can't I just do this? What's wrong with me? Everybody's out there having fun and I'm home reading tons and tons of books. And now looking back at it, I thought, what an amazing life I had. Thank goodness I did that. But it's so if you don't know if you're an introvert or whatever you are, it's ask yourself when I'm with others, when I have a lot of people around me, do I feel excited and energized or do I feel exhausted? Do I run to the restroom? Not 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 for a break, but really just to recharge. It's just like my brain needs some downtime. Then you, my friend, might be an introvert or an ambivert and embrace that. Take care of yourself. Build in mini breaks where you can recharge, even if you are at a big party, at a networking event, at work with people moving back into going back into the office. It's a big adjustment after two years. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And you just helped me kind of realize with when I was younger and being so shy. And for me, um, as I've spoken on many occasions, it was a physical response and me turning Mm -hmm. so red. I would run to the nearest bathroom, run to the nearest space wherever to get a break. Mm. It would need Mm -hmm. like it. One, there was a physical thing of having to like try and calm down and put water on my face. But then also like you're saying and describing really well that it's, it's the needing to recharge because so much energy is being put out there. Yeah, absolutely. And Hollis, I can so relate to what you said when I was younger and now it happens less and less. But I remember I would get so red. A teacher would ask me a question. Everybody's eyes would be on me and I would go completely red. I can feel my face burning and I'm I'm willing my face not to turn red. And of course, the more you try and do that, the more the redder it becomes. (laughs) And it would be okay, answer the question and hope that the attention goes away. And as soon as I can, I try and excuse myself, go to the restroom, splash water on my face, lock myself into a stall and just come down. Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm giving you a a visual high five. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes. And anybody who is who listens, it's, yeah, it's like, can you relate to this? But it's what we, it's what we do. It's what kind of, we're all, we all have different makeups. We all have different circumstances. It's just, I think when it boils down to it, it's just know yourself, know what Mm -hmm. you need, know what you need Mm. in in order to function, to show up. Yes. Yes. You need need the breaks and you need the breaks, then take them. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One of the topics that I often teach in my free Facebook group is around knowing what you need. It's really, it's, it's asking for what you need, but before you can do that, you have to know what it is that you need. Do you need, what kind of support do you need? Do you need to ask for five minutes of solitude? Tell your partners, your children, I'm going upstairs to the bedroom. I need five minutes. And, and just being able to own that and ask for it, because often the people around us, they want to be with us. My, my daughter wants to be with me all the time. Her love language is literally being so close to me. There's zero personal space. 
<laughs> and and when I get to the end of the day, it's evening time. I'm all touched out. I don't want to be touched. I don't. I I simply want to be. And I've had to navigate that, and she's had to navigate that. And luckily, my husband is wonderful. He'll often have a conversation with and say, "Hey." We are three people in the space, so we all have to compromise. Mm-hmm. Mommy's it has an earpiece in; she's listening to a book or she's listening to a podcast, and let's just leave her alone for five minutes while she's making dinner. I'll play a game with you, and that's because I've said it so many times. I need some quiet time, <laughs> so it works. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect segue to the next question and love language is a, is a whole topic in itself. Mm. Um, but the next question is how do you incorporate more creativity into your life? Oh, yes. I've started journaling one. I now journal, which I never used to do. I, I have a digital notebook, so I'll write into that just simply thoughts that came up through the day I write them all down, then I analyze them. So that's been fun. My daughter has helped me be more creative. She doesn't care that I'm not really great at painting. She wants me to paint a cat, I paint a cat. She wants me to do face paint on her face, I do it. And she loves all of it. Kids are so forgiving and I'm so grateful that she's helped me lean into creativity and how I incorporate creativity in my business and my work life. It's really looking at the people I communicate with, people I serve and asking and really getting curious and asking myself, how do they want to be communicated? How do they want, what kind of connection do they want? And if I don't know, so I'll do research. And if I don't know, I'll ask them. It often becomes such interesting conversations. And that helps me be more creative in the messages I put out there. What you just said is this whole thing. And it just makes me laugh because um, we're thinking of what do they want? What do they Mm -hmm. want? Mm-hmm. And then you said, if I don't know, I ask them. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the magical like, thing. <laughs> yes, that's the magic. We ask them. And that's how um, I've heard so uh, recently I've uh, heard this great speaker and he was just saying, which is true. We've heard this before, but then it just was kind of like the nail in, in the box where he just said, you could think you have the best idea, but if nobody mm-hmm. else likes it, it's nothing. Ah, so good. Yes. It's like, well, yeah, because we're like, oh, my God, I have the best idea. They're going to love it. (laughs) And then it totally sinks. It's like, well, why not? It's like, like you said before, in one of the things that you want in your legacy that you want to be known for is listening. Mm. Yeah. And sometimes it's as simple as, so this is what I, this, I have this idea. What do you think? Mm -hmm. It's a simple question. What do you think? What do you want? How can I help you? How can I best support you? Those little innocent questions spark incredible conversations. Tell me some of the other things that you do for yourself to loosen up for, uh, you mentioned podcasts, Mm -hmm. you mentioned going for a walk in nature, anything Mm -hmm. else coming to mind? 
Yes, I am an avid uh, police police and courtroom drama fan. So I'll I'll watch things like Law and Order, SVU. But what I also love doing, especially when it's at the end of the day and I'm exhausted and I need a little bit of energy or before I facilitate a workshop, I turn on my salsa music and I dance my heart out. There we go. Typically, no one is at home. My husband is at work. My daughter's at school. So I can turn on my music and dance like the, a crazy woman and feel. So that helps me stop thinking. So it takes me out of my head and puts me inside my body. I can feel the music. I can feel my feet moving. And that really energizes me. So by the time I turn on my camera, by the time I stand in front of my client, I am ready to go and be present with them. So that's really a big thing. Mm, love it. I The whole police and courtroom drama. So is this, <laughs> is this a relaxation for you? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> my husband doesn't get it. My friends don't get it. But it's... It's honestly, it's fascinating, the psychology behind it. That's what I need to get into. It's I, in a previous life or maybe in a future life, I'll be, I'll be a psychologist, but I decided to go in communication. I have, I'm always fascinated by what people do, mm-hmm. the decisions they make and why they make them. And so this kind of plays out in looking, you get a look into people's lives and thank goodness it's not real. So I get to analyze that and walk away without necessarily being affected by it. I love it. It's so <laughs> funny when I was in so birthing class, first child, um, when I became friends with one of the people in the class and mm-hmm. when it became the, the question of during pre-labor, what are you going to do? You know, what kind of distractions are you going to do and all of that stuff? And one of the things was movies. Uh-huh. So it was like, what kind of movie are you going to watch during pre-labor? So of course, mine are all like 16 Candles, <laughs> you know, any kind of rom-com, like, whatever. Hers was like the godfather. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I looked at her. I'm like, are you serious? Like, uh... while you're in pain, like you want to watch That's Your Relaxation Space? <laughs> But it just goes to prove how we're all so different. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's really what's enjoyable about connecting with human beings. We're so different and so fascinating. Yeah. Mm. She's also totally different topic, everybody. But she just amazed me, too, because she was nine months pregnant, ready to give birth at any moment. She followed David Bowie, like, everywhere. So this is obviously dating ourselves. And um, she... Went to see his concert, like nine months, do any day with her feet up in a chair. Wow. <laughs> she sounds incredible. <laughs> she, she's really, she was dedicated, man. She is a true New Yorker. She's like, I am not, I have nothing stopping me from this happening. <laughs> oh, wow. Those are anyway. good stories. Well, <laughs> Barbara, that's for you. So. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> So as we're getting to the top of the hour, oh, actually, before we do that, mm-hmm. morning. I've been asking people this question. Do you have any kind of a morning routine? I do and I don't, and I'll explain why. 
I have a very loose routine because I find that if I have a too rigid routine, then I, I become overwhelmed and I stop doing everything. So yes, I do have a bit of a morning routine. I get up in the morning, I make myself some tea. I either will journal for five minutes or I will turn on some music. I purposefully try not to watch Law and Order. I'm just trying to be in a quiet space. It gives me an opportunity to think about my day and what I want it to look like while I'm just doing some stretches. As I get older, my body's getting stiffer. So I, I try to do some yoga stretches while I'm listening to music and thinking about my day. So it's a little bit of, it's mind, it's, what do they call that? Purposeful mindlessness, if that makes sense. Definitely. Love hearing what people say because everybody is this whole thing. Everybody is so different. You mm -hmm. know, some people are like, no, I don't like the rigidity of it. It is what it is. And mm -hmm. um, other people have a very strict, like two and a half hour routine Yeah, where they wake up and it's do this, 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 this. And it's just so it's like you're saying with law and order, it's this whole human nature. It's, mm. it's so cool to see how people work. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, as a working mom with a six-year-old, I, I cannot do a two-hour routine. I can't even do an hour routine. It's, I know I'm going to be halfway into that routine and Alexandria is going to bound into the room. So I keep it short and sweet. And one, most days it happens, some days it doesn't because she wakes up before me, she's standing next to me on the bed and says, <laughs> time to play. And then, of course, goodbye routine. So I, I, I hold it loosely and I don't beat myself up when I don't get to it. And it just goes back to so much, I think, and what we've spoken about this whole time of you do what works for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so it just kind of reiterates that. <laughs> so third and final question, which kind of wraps it up and puts a nice little bow on it is, why do you think creativity is important? Ooh, creativity is important because it enriches our lives and it's part of everyone's lives. People who think they are not creative probably have not been paying attention. Creativity gives us an opportunity to connect with other human beings, to connect with the earth, to connect with things around us in ways that work for us. So instead of thinking, take creativity out of the box and make it what you want it to be. But creativity is important because in my life, it's helped me, it's really helped me think differently about myself, about how I grew up, about having a teacher who told me, oh my gosh, you are simply not creative. And I took that label and I owned it. I used it as an excuse never to be creative. I used it as an excuse to be rigid, to not appreciate the things around me. I mean, I appreciate music, I appreciate dancing, I appreciate art, but I didn't realize, oh my gosh, creativity is in everything. If you are solving problems, you are creative. If you are leading a team and your team are 
is comprised of different people with different personalities, you are creative. If you are standing in front of a group of people at doing a TED talk as a keynote speaker, and you sharing a message that resonates with at least half the people, you are creative. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, okay, everybody, just take a breath. <laughs> yes, mm. yes. <laughs> Permission, permission, permission okay. to break that label, to break that uh, just because somebody says something. Yep. And then we hold on to it for so long. You oh. said it perfectly. So, okay. So, Keely, how can people connect with you? Connect with me on the best way is probably on Instagram. I am at the tailored approach, all one word. That's my handle. You can look up Keely Belton. It'll also pop up. So Keely Belton, Belton, B-L-T-O-N. I'm also very active on LinkedIn. So find me there, Keely Belton. My website as well, that would be thetailoredapproach.com. I have a podcast, Communicate to Lead, that is for leaders and those aspiring to leadership to help them communicate and create their visions and lead their teams as effectively as possible. Mm. Did I miss anything? I love talking to you. (laughs) And she's a best-selling author. Thank you. It was such, I have to say that it was so fun working with you, Hollis, on the book. You are an incredible publisher and you made the whole process so easy so easy because often we think becoming an author becoming a co-author is so daunting it's so overwhelming and we think we can't do it and again it's about thinking outside the box finding the people who will guide you in the way you need to be guided to get something done and you with that for me and for all the people who contributed to invisible no more stepping into the spotlight so thank you for that Thank you, Keely. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's just, it's a passion. We know, we know what we're here for. We know um, communication and bringing people together to uplift. It's, it's the reason. It's the why. Because mm. <laughs> it makes us happier humans. So, yes. <laughs> on on that note, before we say our goodbyes, do you feel like is there any final words of wisdom or anything else you want to share out before we say goodbye? Yes. And I will focus on communication because that's what's, that's really what's in my heart. You are, I want to tell the listeners out there, you are a communicator. You don't have to be born a communicator. You can learn how to become a better communicator. And how you do that is by trying it out. Don't wait to learn the skills. Go out there, have a conversation with someone. When you go out for lunch, when you have a walk, say hi to someone and ask them, how is your day? That is how we start with communication. So really go out there, say, communicate, connect with people, number one. Number two, share your story because you, only you can share your story in your unique voice. And we need more stories. The world needs more stories. We need, we need to give others permission to share their stories. So please, please, please go out there and tell others your special story. It'll resonate with someone. 
It will. That's the most perfect way to end. So Keely, thank you so much for hanging out and having the conversation and inspiring so many. Appreciate you. Thank you so much, Hollis. This has been an absolute pleasure and an honor. I always enjoy having conversations with you. It's always a pleasure. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. And to all the listeners here with us live and catching the replay, we so appreciate you. We know you could be doing anything with your hour and we appreciate that you're spending it here with us. The space is all about inspiring each other, Absolutely. connecting and sharing stories. Just like Keely said, we all have stories. I believe we've always needed this, but I think we need it now more than ever. Now more than ever. We come together and we inspire and we empower each other. So please like, follow, share all of that good stuff so we can reach more people and we can spread more good. So on that note, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, wherever you are listening from, and we'll talk to you soon. So goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Take care. Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. <laughs> Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. This self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and huh? Be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. Here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out. Explore our experiential kits. They have everything in them that you need to try new things. You don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore. There's Creative Shui, which is seven elements to join happiness. Through the Publishing House, Express Yourself Publishing, multi-author books, coffee books, solo book opportunities. It is all about expression, all about it. And it's, again, just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't. We are not made for boxes. <laughs> there is also my TV show, I Am Creative. Check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link. And you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it. See what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself, and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is IamCreativePhilly.com. So I am creative Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story because we all have one. <laughs>